I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Last night was April 25th, made pop culture famous 20 years ago in the movie Miss Congeniality. William Shatner asks a beauty pageant contestant to describe her perfect date And the contestant says, um, I'd have to say April 25th because it's not too hot and not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. Well, here's an offshoot of why April 25th is indeed a nearly perfect date. You had a ball game in St. Louis between the Mets and Cardinals where the two starting pitchers were refusing to give up base runners. Scoreless to the bottom of the eighth when all hell broke loose and the Mets turned a two-run deficit into a three-run win. Yeah, that's pretty much a perfect date. Details here on April 26th are next. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while your coffee is brewing now. Here's Josh Lewin. Scooby down. Build is an early season showdown between two old rivals. This one definitely served up some drama. The starting pitchers had served up a delicious array of sliders, 52 of them combined, from Max Scherzer and Miles Michaelis. Lots of them air-bending frisbees that seemed to defy the laws of physics. A fun battle for sure, but once it fell to the bullpens, it got a little crazy, and the Mets came out on top. Josh Lewin with you. will cover how the Mets indeed went into the bottom of the eighth scoreless, then fell behind by two, got down to their final strike in the ninth, and then put a five spot on the scoreboard. A highly unlikely 5-2 to two win to get to 13-5 and five for the year. Here are some Smarty Pants-style notes as the curtain went up on the Monday night game in downtown St. Louis. You know, it's been 15 years since the Mets have gotten out of Bush Stadium without at least one loss in a series. 2-1 and one is the best they've ever done since 07 when they swept the Redbirds to open the season. Outscored them 20-2 behind Tom Glavin, Orlando Hernandez, and John Main. But, of course, when these teams really went at it back in the mid-'80s, they were in the same division then, and despite the Keith Hernandez connection, they did not like each other at all. The Mets in 86 ran away from the Cardinals and everybody else, of course, but notably, the Mets stomped them on that old AstroTurf. They won 8 out of 9 in St. Louis. Then in 88, the Mets pulled off a 9-0 home record against them, of course, they then got bounced by the Dodgers in the NLCS, a team they had also steamrolled that regular season. So with St. Louis, these guys are always at or near the top, kind of an ocean tide certainty to them. And this year's team coming in at 9-5 and five atop the NL Central, since Yachty Molina's debut in 04, the Cardinals have played 2,775 games, and in 24 of those, have they taken the field eliminated from playoff contention? Some years are just okay. Some years they're great. Most years are simply very good, but they're never truly bad. Since 1908, they have never had a 100-loss season. The Mets, of course, had four of those straight out of the gate in their franchise history. But enough about that. Back to the Cardinals of a current vintage getting tremendous production from Nolan Arenado. The power's been out for a lot of the other Cardinals for now. In fact, on their 10-game road trip, They hit only four home runs. They would have none in their last 40 innings into this game. 
on Monday night, but they are pitching and they are playing defense. Put a thumbtack in those last two thoughts. We'll revisit that in the top of the ninth. Last year, St. Louis team had five Gold Glove winners on it. First team ever to do that. None of the five were Molina. The Gold Glove catcher last year was Jacob Stallings in the National League, but still, they've got 94 Gold Gloves in the history of the franchise, 13 more than any other team. Last three years into this one, 172 defensive runs saved, 41 more than any other National League team. Again, just put that somewhere in your cranium once we get to the ninth inning of this one. This year, it's been the Mets who have been really amazing with the gloves. They had come in Monday night with four errors in 17 games. That had never happened before for the Mets. San Diego this year was 17 games with zero errors to set a big league record, but still four in 17 games, a really acceptable total. That's a pace for 38 errors. The Mets' gold standard, some of you may happily recall, 1999. You had Robin Ventura, Ray Ordonez, Eduardo Alfonso, and John Olerud. Best defensive infield maybe ever. 33 errors all season for the infield. The team only committed around 40. Alfonso made five errors all year, all of them on throws. He didn't mess up a, a ground ball fielding it all freaking year. And he did not win a gold glove. He lost out to Pokey Reese of the Reds. But that Mets team allowed only 20 unearned runs all year, which is just insane. So this year, also with defense and pitching and just enough hitting, timely hitting for sure. It's not something that's been a thing the last couple of years. Here are the Mets with their second best record through 17 games. Not quite the 13-4 and four they had reached three other times. Did that in 2018, then cratered. In 2015, they did it. In 86, they did it. 13-4 and four led to some very happy moments in those Octobers. This year, it was 12-5 and five through 17, and that's without a single inning pitched from Jacob deGrom. We're still waiting for some definitive news on Jacob deGrom. Update in a second. A lot of the cool breeze has been Francisco Lindor this year, who wasn't blowing like a breeze at this time last year. He was just blowing. Last year at this time, a 197 batting average, three runs batted in. This year, through 17 games, 313 with 12 runs batted in. I, I would dare say that's a little bit better. He would take an 0 for 4 in this game, but look, we, we knew heading into this game there were some off-field things that had to be monitored as well. First of all, Taiwan Walker. He had the simulated game before things even got going and came out of it okay. So it looks like he will be good to go this weekend when the Mets are entertaining the Philadelphia Phillies. And as for DeGrom, the best we can tell you, kind of some late news from last night, the MRI, the CT scan coming back, there is healing of that stress reaction. It's looking okay. He's cleared to begin loading and strengthening the shoulder. He'll be re-imaged in about, well, three weeks. All right, that's all the pregame stuff. In-game, Max against Miles, Scherzer against Michaelis. Scherzer, the St. Louis native, and just the fifth ever met to begin his employment with three wins in three games. Some Met fans raised eyebrows when the lineup came out, and there was Robinson Cano DHing and hitting sixth. Got to come up with something to complain about, I guess, when you're 12 and 5. So we'll dive into that. Canna and McNeil have been on base machines and hitting behind Cano in the order. So all their production hasn't led to many RBIs because Cano is seldom on base. Coming into Monday night, uh, hitting around 200, 240 on base percentage, just two of his five hits. In uh, 29 plate appearances, it landed past the infield dirt. Had a home run and a single to left, but uh, that's that's it. I mean, not a lot of big contact going on for Robbie Cano. And remember, he's got two years left on his contract. 
for which the Mets owe him more than $40 million. So there are some reasons to try to get him going, especially after the solid spring training he had. My guess is that's what this next week or so will be about, giving him some rope, giving him some chances. Let's see if it's going to work out. We just need to collect some more data. So I'm vamping because this game was a straight-up pitcher's duel for a really long time. Scoreless through seventh. At one point, Scherzer threw 17 strikes in a row. Bartolo Colon once threw 38 strikes in a row about 10 years back, but 17 is pretty darn impressive, too. Through seven innings, two hits allowed, both by Paul Goldschmidt. One walk, 10 strikeouts, ERA down to 1.8. This is not exactly a surprising development. You look at last year's numbers between Washington and L.A. for Mad Max. Lefties hit 190 against him, righties hit 180. Slugging percentages were exactly the same, 330, whether you batted left or right. A 330 slugging percentage, just to put things in context, slap hitting American League shortstops from last year, Elvis Andrews and David Fletcher, they had slugging percentages of 330. Max turned every hitter in baseball last year into Elvis Andrews and David Fletcher. He was second in the National League in ERA, second in on-base percentage allowed, and opponent's batting average allowed. He was second in strikeouts. Second in opposing OPS against fastballs. First in opposing OPS against changeups. He was also top 10 in OPS against his slider. The pitch mix in this game for Max, and he threw 101 pitches to get through those seven innings. 45 fastballs, only 45. 22 sliders, 14 changeups, 11 curves, 9 cutters. Fastball was sitting 93-94, so just okay. That's why all those other options worked pretty well. Ended up with 10 or more strikeouts, two or fewer hits, back-to-back games. Second Met ever to pull that off. The other was not DeGrom, not Seaver, not Gooden, not Kuzma, not Darling, not Syndergaard or Harvey. Knuckleballing R.A. Dickey did it on his way to a Cy Young Award in 2012. Meantime, on the mound for St. Louis, that Michaelis guy, former Japanese League standout, a guy who once wolfed down a lizard on a bet and extended spring training in his younger, crazier days. He was on point as well, and this became the first scoreless through seven game between the Mets and Cardinals in St. Louis since Johan Santana and Jaime Garcia went bagel for bagel in 2010. You older Mets fans might remember Ron Darling and John Tudor in a bagel fest as well late in the season in 85. That game was scoreless through 10, decided in the 11th when Daryl Strawberry took reliever Ken Daly off the digital clock in right field. The breakthrough after all those zeros last night, once Scherzer was gone from the game, Trevor May got the bottom of the eighth, and he was greeted by singles from Molina and the native New Yorker Harrison Bader. Brendan Donovan on the pinch run for Molina at that point, and until this half inning, four of the six hits total in the game had been by the opposing first baseman, Alonzo and Goldschmidt, two of the best in the business. And Alonzo, with a couple more nice defensive plays, something Goldschmidt is much more famous for, the two hits from Alonzo both the other way, which is nice, Goldschmidt would have his big opportunity after Tommy Edmond bunted those two runners over in that scoreless game. Two in scoring position, only one out. May falls behind 3-1, and one, battles back to make it full, but then he walks Goldschmidt on a changeup. Tyler O'Neill comes up next. The big Canadian 0-3 against Scherzer, having struck out a couple times. Buck stays with Trevor May and dies with Trevor May. 0-1, pitch. Swing a line drive toward left, coming in, Canna can't get it. Base hit, Donovan scores, Bader rounds third, Canna's throw to the plate, up the line. Bader scores standing up. Tyler O'Neill delivers a two-run single to left, and the Cardinals take a 2-0 lead. Center cut changeup. One could argue May threw that pitch once too often, and a two-run single 
making it a 2-0 game. It stayed that way because wisely, May went after the red-hot Arenado without that changeup. Last year, the National League's best OPS against that pitch was Arenado. May never threw him that pitch, struck him out with a hodgepodge of fastballs and sliders, got Corey Dickerson to fly out, the inning was over, and the Mets would have their shot. Giovanni Gallegos pitching. Alonso flied out, but then Escobar singled the right center, his second hit of the night after a hitless series in Phoenix over the weekend. That brought up, wouldn't you know, Robbie Cano. 0 for 3 at this point, his batting average down to 186, 1 for 16 with runners on base. Perfect time to hush the critics. Instead, he pops to left. Yup, if Cano cannot, maybe Canna can. That was the, the hope. Canna's batting average at an even 300, some big hits already as a Met. Escobar down to second on defensive indifference. Canna falls behind 0-2, but works it to 3-2. He's famous for deep counts. Gets to 3-2, hits one to deep third, and would you believe, perennial gold glover, platinum glover, Nolan Arenado, throws it away. First Cardinals error, run scores. Canna scoots to second. Travis Jankowski runs for Canna. Jeff McNeil comes up with a chance to give the Mets the lead, or at least tie it. Already a double back in the fifth. The only Mets extra base hit of the night at that point. And no Yachty Molina behind the plate anymore. Instead, it's Andrew Kinzer. Do you run the speedy Jankowski to get him in a scoring position? No, but McNeil rips another double. This one to right. Jankowski unable to score. Joey Cora holds him up. McNeil at second. Dominic Smith up to pinch hit for Tomas Nito. Dom trying to make a case for more playing time. And at this point, this year, the the numbers just really hadn't been there to support such a thing. He came to this particular plate appearance with the game on the line, hitting 179. Pitch count getting up there, though, for Gallegos. What could Dominic Smith do? Two-out rally here from the Mets. One ball, one strike on Dominic Smith. Gallegos ready his pitch. Swinging a ground ball toward first. Goldschmidt, a diving stop. Nobody's covering first. Flip to Gallego. Smith is safe. McNeil rounds third. Throw home. He's safe. The Mets have the lead. Dominic Smith comes through off the bench with two outs in the top of the ninth. A rocket down the first baseline that Goldschmidt stopped. But Gallegos was late to cover, and Dominic Smith beat the play at first. McNeil kept running all the way around from second. McNeil and Jankowski both score, and the Mets have come back to take a 3-2 lead with two outs here in the top of the ninth. Goldschmidt, the gold glover, made a heck of a play, but with Gallegos late to cover, not only the tying run in, but the go-ahead run in when he didn't realize McNeil was racing all around. An amazing two-out rally, 3-2 Mets, but wait, there's more. T.J. McFarland now on the mound. Brandon Nimmo at the plate. First pitch to Nimmo's hat in the air. Deep down the right field line toward the corner. That ball is gone. A home run. Brandon Nimmo on the first pitch from T.J. McFarland. It's a two-run homer for Nimmo. And the Mets have busted out with five runs here in the top of the ninth inning. All with two outs. It is a 5-2 Mets lead. Five runs scoring with two out, and yet again, the Mets show this year is mighty different than the last two years. The second-best batting average in the majors with two outs and runners in scoring position. In 2021, they'd been second-worst. A five-run ninth after two were out, and Canna was down in the count 0-2. His at-bat was the quiet key that unlocked all the dazzle. There was still some work to do, Edwin Diaz had to lock it down in the bottom of the inning. He did. 
Mets 5, Cardinals 2. After it was over, we heard from Buck Showalter. It's worth the wait. It really was. Kind of uh, and the key for our game tonight was Max. You know, being able to shut that team out in their ballpark as good as they are for seven innings, that's remarkable. That was fun to watch. He, uh, he's, he's something. Get, he got an extra day this time. He'll get an extra day next time out. And he's one of those guys that seems to respond to it. Which part of the ninth inning was most impressive to you? Oh, geez. Where would you start? Uh, I thought McKenna had a great at bat. Great at bat. My great base running by uh, Smitty and uh, McNeil anticipating that. Um, obviously some big hits. There was a lot of good things went into that. I think guys were frustrated. Their pitcher pitched, you know, matched, matched Max. Say that six times. But he, uh, you know, it was somebody was going to lose that game tonight with two really good starting pitching outings. But and uh, Edwin was good in the end. Didn't let him get off the deck and get into that uh, area they're batting or that's uh, you're really concerned about. There are a whole batting order you're concerned about, but especially there when you get into a certain area. For Dom to not just get down the line like that, but come off the bench cold and then manage to do that, and what does that just kind of tell you about his? No, Dom's been, you know, he's thick and, you know, he's he's uh, he's ready. He's doing the thing. He was out here this afternoon hitting in the sim game. So was uh, J.D. Davis. You know, Ezekiel was catching. Uh, Gilbert May was hitting in those games. Those guys are are staying ready to make contributions like tonight. What a crazy finish through seven innings. With the starters on the bump, it had been six hits total. Then in a stretch of one inning, bottom of the eighth and top of the ninth, eight hits. Trevor May, who basically gave up the goods, getting the win. As the Mets score five unearned runs against the team with all those uh, gold glovers on it to steal it. And again, the guy with a headfirst dive to make it so. You're not supposed to dive headfirst into first. But that was Dominic Smith, and he was talked to after the game. The Mets... With the five runs in the top of the ninth inning, Dom Smith, you drive in both the tying run and the go-ahead run. When you cross first base and you see Jeff McNeil wheeling around third, what are you thinking? Man, I mean, that's just the, the exciting uh, Mets right now. I mean, just shows how hard this team plays, how hard we hustle every night, and that's just our identity, I feel like. So that was dope to see him uh, get that good break and, and score, score the one, for sure. This team in the ninth inning was down to its final strike, and Mark Canna comes back. Hits that ball down the third baseline to keep you guys alive. What kind of a bat was that for him, and how did it galvanize you guys as a group? I mean, it was game-changing, and uh, that's what I would say about this ball club. Um, we're in it to the last pitch, and we're not giving away any at-bats and any outs. And, uh, I mean, Mark has been so huge for us all year. And like you said, to be down to the last strike, and it didn't matter. And he battled back, and he won the game right there and not that bat. And, you know, it's just dope to be a part of this win. How do you stay prepared on the bench all night long or be ready to contribute in a moment like that? Yeah, I mean, you just got to get there early, get your early work in, and uh, just stay hitting. I, I was in the cage uh, pretty much from the fourth inning on, and uh, me and J.D. and uh, Jankowski, you know, uh, Guillermo, we, we try to stay ready just in case we have to come in late in the game, and uh, that's what we were able to do tonight. Another brilliant start for Max Scherzer. At this point, the stuff that he does, does it surprise you? It doesn't surprise us. Um, I mean, he his mentality is just, I mean, it, it's it's just special to watch and special to be around. He's such a bulldog, and the way he prepares is, I mean, it's on the next level. So uh, it doesn't surprise me when I see him have the success that he does. Um, obviously, we wish we uh, picked him up with a, with a couple runs, but it's always great to get the W. Dom, thanks so much for the time. Congrats on the win. Oh, thank you. Let's go Mets. All right, it was a night to go out and party deep into the St. Louis night after all this, but a Monday night in downtown St. Louis, you, you can't even find a beef and cheddar at Arby's. So 
My guess is room service and watching those highlights on Endless Loop on MLB.com if, if you're Dominic Smith. That's what happened with the Mets last night. A quick check of some minor league Mets of note after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So at AAA, the former Chicago White Sox outfielder is killing it at first base for Syracuse. Daniel Polk has got 17 RBIs for a team where no one else has more than seven runs batted in. At AA, everyone wants to know about the 20-year-old catcher Francisco Alvarez. He is still killing it. Four doubles, four homers in just 10 games. Brett Beatty, the young third baseman, is hitting 354 there, although somehow he's only got two RBIs in 13 games. The shortstop Ronnie Mauricio hitting 320, although 15 strikeouts against only two walks. Syracuse has started 6-11. and 11. Binghamton actually worse at 4-10 and 10 because of a team ERA of 6 Point six Cold weather not suppressing runs for the Rumble Ponies yet, unfortunately, but they're scoring runs thanks to that big three of Alvarez, Beatty, and Mauricio. So back to the Major League Mets. They'll be at it with the Cardinals again tonight. 7.45 first pitch East Coast time. Chris Bassett with an ERA of three against converted reliever hard-throwing Jordan Hicks with a 1.29. Did the Mets really win that game last night? I'm told they did. Many thanks to our Mets in the Morning House band. On keyboards, we're going way back to Darren Reed. Slapping to bass. How about Bubba Trammell? The horn section, Jesse Orozco. And on the drums, anybody remember Brooks Pounders? That's good. If you got drums, go ahead. Pounders is probably the right player to, to grab. This is Josh Lewin. Thank you for grabbing some time with us. What a win on a perfect date of April 25th last night. Take care. See ya.